Welcome, it is My Thought Partner, and today's episode is about self-care in the workplace. Yeah. I thought you were gonna join me on that. Sorry. What? All right. <laughs> I was giving a space. All right. I was giving a space for the. You were giving space. Yeah. That That's space. an important part of mental health in the workplace, I think, giving space. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a nice, unintentional yes. segue. Segway. I'm here for it. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So, what we're going to talk about self care in the yes. workplace. That is a whole big Pandora's box, can of worms. It is a lot of things, right? Yes. And I think that before we get too deep into anything, I want to just say, because I've been listening to your feedback per usual, that I came prepared with an agenda. I have bullet points. We have quick segments to make this happen so this is succinct. Uh -huh. And we're not going to have a long kiss goodnight. <laughs> I mean, we might. I don't think everyone fully understands what the long kiss goodnight concept is. Yeah. Well, you got to listen to the other episodes. That that just gives you a reason to listen to the other episodes. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. today's agenda. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about beating the Sunday blues. Yeah. That is not Nicole's favorite this time, but it is like the thing she struggles with a lot. Listen, I, let's let's just call it at the beginning. Yeah. I struggle with all of this stuff a lot. Like, I am a tightly wound person. I have been an anxious person since I was a very small person. So all of these things that we're talking about today are near and dear to my heart, and they're things that I personally am constantly working on. So I would just like to put it out there from the beginning yeah. that I have a lot of experience in this space, uh, personal and professional, but that, you know, this is also not meant to be preachy. Like, these are things that we are all working on on a regular basis, and I think should all work on on a regular basis. But anyway, back to your agenda, man, because you made no, one. Look, I know, but look, you're, you're hitting it right on the head too because yeah. it's also not in place of like actual mental health care. These are just simple things that you can do to alleviate some of that stress you might be having in yeah. the workspace that are from external influences and of course some of those little internal influences. So yeah, so beating the Monday blues is part of it. Sunday. Well, yeah, Sunday blues, sorry. Yeah. But well, Monday motivation. So that's gonna yeah, like lead okay. you into that, I'm right? So yeah. mm -hmm. Sunday blues, mm -hmm. Monday motivation. And then yeah. talking about how to handle good leaders, bad leaders, and managing up. Um, because whether you are, unless even if you're the CEO of something, you're still speaking to somebody, right? You're still yeah. answering to somebody. Mm -hmm. Maybe it might be shareholders, it might be investors, um, but we all have a boss to some degree. You're my boss. Mm. Some days. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't manage up with Nicole, so I, I don't even try. Um, the other part of that is about, it's about the physical part of this will be getting moving, right? Getting out of your chair and like what things that you can do to help that self-care. Because yeah. it's not just all mental. It yeah. does have to be physical about yeah. this. Uh, and, and then, of course, now this is my favorite boundaries and how to say no. How do you say no to the people that are really taking advantage of you. And yeah. how do you identify that? My so. my ultimate weakness. Yeah. I mean, like if truth be told, I probably have made this agenda specifically 
for Nicole. I was going to say, so. should I just sit back and listen to this whole episode? <laughs> I have nothing to contribute because I have no skills in any of these areas. I have skills, but Absolutely. all of these things are works in progress for me because I'm a pleaser. I want everyone to be happy and I want to meet everyone's needs. And um, I often don't meet my own needs as a result of that, which you know, can wreak havoc on my personal life, can be like really rough for my my partner um, and my my trusted friends and family, right, who sometimes <laughs> carry the brunt of my frustration or exhaustion from other parts of life. So yeah. this, is a, this is a good one. Okay, so let's dive right into it, right? So if we're talking about beating the Sunday blues, and, and, and actually, if you don't know what the Sunday blues are, I didn't even know until well, you started talking <laughs> you about You didn't it. know until I was you, like- Well, because I didn't know that them. there was there was something defined well, about I call the Sunday them, blues. I call them Sunday scaries. Oh, Sunday scaries. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. more well, appropriate. Well, I mean, Sunday blues can also be the thing, right? But it's that growing anxiety on Sunday, like- Gosh, sometimes it's Sunday late morning into Sunday afternoon. And as you like hit Sunday evening, it's just that little ball of nerves in your stomach about what's coming tomorrow and maybe what you are and aren't prepared to deal with, or just maybe what you're just generally anxious about dealing with, or just dreading going back to work, honestly. Mm -hmm. So technically that Sunday could be a Sunday for somebody else oh, yeah. on a different day of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the term of that feeling that you're typically having due to going back to yeah, a work Yeah, man, week. you've been living your best life on the weekend or your days off whenever those are, you know, or you're, you've just been able to kind of compartmentalize and not think about all of those work things mm. for whatever time frame. And now you know you're going to have to start thinking about you're it again. You've been putting off those week, those Friday emails that you got at like 3 p.m. or those texts from yeah. your boss that are like, I need you to look at this before uh -huh. Monday. You've been totally. putting those off. Okay. Or it's just that feeling of dread. Like I said, you know, that, gosh, I, that is just not how I want to spend my day tomorrow. <laughs> and so, you know, it can, depending on, I think, the relationship that you have with your workplace, with your work in general, with your supervisor or manager, um, or just kind of your general workload, that can, the, the causes for that can be different. But typically, I think the result or the way that it manifests is the same and just kind of that, that anxiety. Okay, so I didn't know what it was until you mentioned it. So I'm assuming the rest of the world... They, they're, you're probably a lot smarter than me. You probably actually already know about this. You've probably read 14 articles on the Harvard Review, and you you know these things. But if somebody doesn't know about these, what's like that? What is something, what are one or two things that they can identify and go, oh, you know what? You're right. I do have that. Like anxiety in general or the Sunday scaries? This, well, the Sunday scaries, which of oh, course leads yeah. to that. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, we've we've covered it somewhat yeah. quickly. It, it It is just kind of that feeling of anxiety or that pit in your stomach or having those growing feelings of anxiety or worry or, you know, dread might be a bit dramatic, but I'm sure for some people it feels that way Yeah. about heading back to work. Okay. Well, and then, and then I guess, so here's where I kick in because, you know, Nicole's the positive person, but I'm definitely probably the more motivational person. Like I can get into your head and be like, yeah, rah, 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 let's go. And Nicole is just always like, yeah, this is a good thing. And I'm like, oh, but it's not a good thing. This is troublesome. So this is gonna go into like what I think about on Monday Moto. I, I've said this before, I love Mondays because for me, and this is part of this, right? Like it's the mindset switch. For if Monday, if I'm going into somewhere to an office or a workspace or meeting with a client on a Monday, 
I've got the entire week to work on or figure out what the project is or what the things that we need to work on and develop or just I have an entire week to get things done. Where I think on Friday, I start to have dreads because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have any more days mm. left of the week and the weekend's coming and oh, man, I just don't, I want to go into the weekend and not have to think about what I've got to do. So, but I think I'm the weird one, right? Like I actually, in fact, we had a conversation with somebody earlier this morning who was like, you know, Michael David Davis, you are, yeah. you are a unique individual uh -huh. here. Well, yeah. I feel like everyone else on a Friday is like, yeah, the weekend, cool. We're getting ready to go to a show. We're going to go see our favorite band. Yeah. We're going to go to the brewery. We're going to do right. something. But like, I get it, right? That you're kind of dreading that maybe you haven't completed everything that yeah. you needed to do during yeah. the week, right? Or yeah. you start to have that. I think for me on a Friday, you know, in the afternoon, it's like, oh my gosh, yes, I do still have these things on my list. I haven't done them yet. Okay, now let's get serious about time blocking or whatever, right? To kind of finish out the week strong. But I think, you know, there are some other things if you look at that flip side of kind of avoiding the Sunday scaries or, you know, gosh, it could be the Wednesday night scaries, right? Mm -hmm. It could be any time, yeah. right? When you just feel like you're not totally ready to go back to work the next day. And some strategies that you can use either in those moments when you're feeling that way or, you know, kind of to prep yourself ahead of time or to recover once you start your Monday motivation. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, that Monday, the first thing I do, again, we've said this before, people don't understand I, that three-hour meditation part for me in a day. But I do just think about that moment I am just taking that deep breath in through the nose, blowing out through the mouth. We should try it, right? <sighs> do you feel better? I do. Why didn't you do great. this with me? Because I feel great already. Oh my gosh. See, it's a craziness. But I have to take that moment to be present so that I can actually just remind myself the worst case scenario that something is going to happen is that it doesn't get done. And somebody probably might be upset that it didn't happen. But the great thing is, like, I'm sweating literally, like listening to yeah, you talk about well, be, this scenario. Well, like, and because what if it doesn't get done? Right. If it doesn't, <laughs> but again, the worst case scenario is you just say, "Hey, you know what? I I did not get this finished. Uh, I but I'm I'm working on it now. This is my top priority at this moment." Okay, but also that in and of itself, yes, is an anxiety management strategy, mm, right? Mm. So not only are you managing your stakeholders in that moment by communicating and saying, "Hey, here's the situation," etc., but you're also then able to kind of like put your own anxiety aside a bit by dealing with it head on, yes. right? So yeah. instead of just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. I've got to send this out, blah, 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 right? It's deal with it. And, and you and I have talked about that on mm -hmm. a personal level yes. as well, right? Like just deal with the thing that right. is giving you angst and then you can deal with the consequence instead of creating the story in your right, head. I mean, right. that's the thing with me all the time is I love to tell myself stories about what that other person might be thinking or how they might be feeling or what they're doing while I'm trying to figure this out, right? You know, don't try to make up stories for other people. Get the story from the source and that way you can kind of alleviate some of that. I think the other thing, oh, sorry. No, did you please, want to go? Go ahead. I think the other thing is kind of figuring out on the front end and on the back end, what are strategies that you can use to kind of prevent or heal in some of those anxious moments. So I think we've talked about it before, but kind of setting up, 
an action list for yourself for the following day or for the following week before you wrap up that day. That can be super helpful so that past you has already done you a solid when you walk in on Monday morning and you know what to do to start. I think one thing that I do sometimes on Sunday nights is I'll just take 30 minutes to look at my calendar for the following day. And that really does help me calm down quite a bit. (laughs) Okay, I've got until 10 tomorrow to kind of get myself situated. I don't have a meeting until 10. And then I've got X, Y, and Z to take care of. And so, you know, sometimes just kind of reviewing my plan from Friday and looking at the following day can really help to, to quiet those scaries. No, and that's a great idea. And I think, you know, one of the things that we can do in the workforce, whether you are a leader, whether you are, uh, you know, just going into the job and getting it done. I think as a leader, you can set yourself up and your staff with success by Mm -hmm. not putting that kind of, that really motivation or not the, excuse me, not the motivation, but that scary part of Monday, like Monday, we're going to come in and we're going to have a team meeting and we're going to do this and we're going to do like that where you were actually freaked out about going in on a Monday because you know that there's so much pressure built up and you know that you've got to have to explain what you've already kind of forgot about, right, on Friday. Uh, I actually saw something from another uh, leader on LinkedIn who said that they actually like Friday meetings because then they can just wrap everything up on the Mm -hmm. Friday. They get with their teammates. They're going into the weekend free of the mind, knowing that once Monday starts, the next follow-up meeting is going to be that Friday, which I thought, genius. Like, again, I I wouldn't even thought about it. I love that. that, too. And, you know, I so when... I was running stand-ups with a team uh, in a, a previous role. We always did our stand-ups at 11 a.m. on Monday just so that we could have a little bit of time mm-hmm. to, like, get in, get back in the groove. You don't have to worry so much about, you know, walking in at 9 a.m. and being ready to go and, like, 100% right out of the gate. Yeah, um, I want to so- have time to talk about whatever cool show is on whatever streaming <laughs> service and, like, catch up to that and then, like, yeah. get fired up about, yeah, the plot line was horrible or it was great, <laughs> and then I'll dive into work. Yeah. Notice I didn't say any shows, so this show will be relevant all the time. <laughs> but in case you're wondering, Last of Us is what's popular right now. All right. <laughs> but I think if you encourage an employees, yeah. if you're a leader, to give them that free space, give mm-hmm. them that opportunity, then that might alleviate the Sunday scaries uh, to give you a better motivational Monday mindset. And yeah. then again, for yourself, ask for it, right? Like just kind of ask like, hey, can I have some space for this mm-hmm. time so I can prepare for the week for the asks of things that you might give of me? All right. Yeah. I think that, did we wrap that good? Or well. Did we wrap that well? <laughs> Yeah. She's a better gift wrapper than I am as well. It's, I just, I'm like corners, tape, it's done. It's like artwork with this one. Okay, Nicole, what, let's get to the next one. <laughs> I think we actually started talking about the next point, which was around leadership and kind of leading teams towards self-care as well. And how you can really ensure that whether you are, whether you have direct reports or whether, you know, you're working within more of a matrix organization, have a larger peer group, how can you really encourage and support some of those self-care practices within the office, within the virtual workplace, whatever the case may be? Yeah. And like, and kind of managing up or asking for what you want. You know, one of the things I think that will really help you manage your own self-care is you kind of have to demand that respect in your workplace, right? You almost have to be able to 
build those strong connections with the people around you and build those relationships so that when you do have an ask, mm. they understand why you have that ask. Right. If, if we have bad relationships with people, be it a boss or a coworker, that of course is going to add to the Sunday scaries. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I'm dreading to have to Absolutely. sit with this person in a meeting or right. you know, explain to them. And no matter how great what I have created, they're just going to tear it to pieces. Mm -hmm. We we all work with people like that. Yeah. And so like, I think being able to talk to them and say, you know what? You don't have to say, I've had enough, I'm done with you, I'm getting over this. But right. you can definitely ask for that meeting and just say, what can we do to move forward? What can we do to continue this working relationship that it won't be harmful to me, right? If you're coming from the me space, yeah. you're not accusing that person. And maybe they are the, your friend of me at work. Maybe they are the one doing everything to prevent you from being promoted, but you don't want to empower them by giving them that knowledge, but at least just say to yourself, say to them, like, what can I do to help you so that we can get over this, this ickiness that I feel so that I can be more productive at my role so that it will help you be more productive in your role. Like, yeah. Well, and let's be clear, it's not always about conflict, it right? I mean, I think you're conflict, talking yeah. about scenarios where you have a horrible boss or you have yeah. a colleague that you're having conflict with. And that's not always what it's about. It's sometimes just about finding alignment and finding shared language with the people that you work with so that you can connect and understand each other's needs when it comes to self-care. Uh, you know, I, I think that we all have different thresholds for stress. We all have different coping skills and abilities to kind of navigate the, the waves that that are headed our way in our personal lives and in our work lives. And you've got to be responsible for navigating that right. and figuring out what are those best connection points with the people that you work with. And I think that the like lovely nugget of what you were just saying is the what's in it for them aspect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that works really well, obviously, with clients and other stakeholders that you're working with, but also with your peer group and, and with your leaders and managers. Understanding, you know, what are they hoping to get out of your work? What do they right. need from you so that they can feel successful and kind of opening up those pathways of communication can make a really big difference. And I think that's what you were what you were alluding to. She's always more succinct and beautiful. She's eloquent with the words. It is like she is a figure skater in ice oh and Lord. I am like the guy who is just the sled racer. I was going to say, are you driving the Zamboni? Yeah, I'm the Zamboni <laughs> trying to pirouette on the ice with the Zamboni. You, you definitely, again, hit it on the head as always. And I think, you know, one of the best strategies that I have found success with and that I think, and again, I didn't create these ideas. These are things that I've learned just sure. through time is that it always starts with finding the common connection, mm. right? If that common connection is absolutely something you cannot find within the workspace and what is it outside the workspace? Yeah. I always joke around, we're all human. We all breathe the same air and we all, when we get done with our food, it goes somewhere, right? So those are common. Oh my God. Right? Yeah, I know. Move along, move yeah, along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are common. <laughs> But when you're able to like find something to connect with, then you're able to like kind of even get into more of showing the appreciation with mm -hmm. that person, right? Yeah. And definitely, even if it is the hardest thing for you to do, make sure you try to show that appreciation. Because think about it. If it's hard for you to show appreciation to someone that is challenging you or that is there, mm -hmm. that's probably because you're not feeling appreciated yourself, right? So sometimes yeah. one of us has to take that first step forward sure. to be able to say, you know what? Hey, thanks. I really appreciate what you're trying to do for me. 
I'm not really getting it, but like, I want to get there. So can you help me understand what I need to do to make this work? And, and I think that really gets a long way, right? So showing that appreciation, being able to like seek out those common connections. And again, more importantly, all this is just because of active listening. When you guys are actually talking with people or when you are having those conversations, make sure you're engaged. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not engaged, what happens? You're losing interest. They're losing interest. And yeah. they're like, you're just full of BS. And I want to get this wrapped up. Well, and I would say most people, not all people, a lot of people mm -hmm. do really like to talk. And yes. they especially like to talk about themselves. Um, so... <laughs> You know, I think it's it is important to engage those active listening skills to make sure that you're visually engaged, you're nodding, you're making eye contact. Sometimes that can be challenging virtually, right? Making those good listening noises, mm -hmm. asking questions mm -hmm. about what they've just said, being able to rephrase back to the person what they said to check for understanding. I think the other thing attached to this is that you can learn and navigate over time who those folks are that you can also then share back some of those things. I think we've all had that experience where, you know, you you think that you've made that mutual connection with someone and then all of a sudden something gets kind of turned against you or something gets used against you later. I think those are those are those times that you just continue to listen. I know I I had a colleague where I thought we were like really tight friends. This was Way back in the day, back back in the early 20s. I thought we were 1920? Yeah, cute. I, <laughs> you know, I thought we were really good friends. And all of a sudden, some of those little like personal nuggets that I had shared at work kind of got put back against me. Mm. And so I learned that that was a relationship where I really just needed to listen. And so, you know, when we came in on Monday and we're kind of sharing, like you said, oh, what happened this weekend? What did you watch? Bup, bup, bup. I asked a lot of questions and I did not volunteer a lot of information. And that really helped me in that relationship, you know? And I had established trust from that person because I was so engaged and asked so many questions and all of those things, but then didn't have to make myself vulnerable to someone who had already proven to not be a great ally when, when it came down to it. Yeah. It, and, you know, again, this is not new information, Dale Carnegie with his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that's that's probably one of the tenets that you you see over and over and again in that yeah. book is people like to talk about themselves yeah. almost all the time. I'm definitely one of those humans. I try to practice the whole, I almost said two eyes, one mouth. That's not it. Two ears, one mouth, listen more, speak less. And, uh, you know, it does Wait, serve let's, well. Let's like say that all the way through. So yeah. you have two ears, in one mouth for a reason. Yes. Because you should listen twice as much as you speak. This is why I love you. <laughs> it just it just works so well. Oh, well. But I just I wanted to like pause on that for a second because everyone may not know that reference. Fair enough. But it is it is a good one. I think the the one over n rule is also good. So you think about how many people are sitting in a meeting or how mm. many people are in a room. If you have four people in that meeting, you should plan on speaking one fourth of the time, right? So one over n is one over however many people are there. I think a lot of people also like totally cruise by that rule. And we all know those people, right? That, uh -huh. I'm um, one. I'm 
that will dominate a conversation. You know, personally, I do like, I like to talk, but I like to sit back and listen and really understand how people think and then insert myself kind of thoughtfully. We all know people that are not like that. So I think if we can generally have that one over N rule, it kind of helps those those meetings and conversations go a bit more smoothly and, and have a more equitable yeah. Um, share of the conversation. Well, and, I, and again, that goes back to the mantra I've lived by for so long is the confidence, not dominance. And I have mm. always tended to speak a lot sometimes in rooms because I feel like I'm trying to make up for a void that I may not get to. Again, as you know, Nicole is much more succinct and more eloquent and just uh, she's so much more wordsmithy than I am. And I, I <laughs> like to so. I like to tell stories and I like to ramble and I like to make these really weird connections that don't <laughs> tend to make sense with most people. But in the end, it does. But it takes me an hour to get to that. Right. Well, Nicole can do that in 10 minutes. So, you know, I think to if we take this away from us and out of ourselves and into the leaders that we mm-hmm. work with, I think leaders, if you're out there and you're listening and or you are that person, you, you need to set up that encouragement in the workspace so that everybody has the ability to build relationships with their coworkers, right? Opening the opening the door to each person, don't put them in their own little silos, don't keep them separated. I know it's hard even if a lot of us are doing remote work. Yeah. We all have Zoom fatigue or some sort of meetings fatigue, yeah. Teams fatigue. But in those things, try to have meetings that are outside of work-related events so that you can be connected and that you can get with each other and that you can, Learn again that ultimately we are just human beings that need and thrive for positive relationships in our lives. And I think that gives a really good jumpstart into giving you such a good mental health state in your workforce environment. Yeah. Or I would say even build that into the agenda of meetings. You know that the first five minutes, we all know we're going to share information. We're just, you know, we're going to have a casual check in or catch up at the beginning of a meeting. Or we'll do that at the end of the meeting if we have time, right? Um, but I think establishing that that's what you're going to do, I like let's be clear, there's nothing more annoying to me than when I think we're coming to a meeting and we're getting right to business and people just kind of like ramble on and on about random things forever. But if it's intentional, if it's this is what we're doing as our team because we want to continue to build our team camaraderie and our connections to one another, that, that to me has a different purpose and then a different feeling about it as well. And it really works well when you're trying to end a podcast as well. If you have a direct message to end it, <laughs> then your wife is happy with you. That being said, we're going to come back the second half and we're going to dive deeper into the physicality mm-hmm. of your self-care and how that will improve the workspace. And then also, again, my favorite part, saying no, saying no, saying mm-hmm. no. Let's do this. Are you recording? I'm recording. Great. Both of us. Our best our best selves in this moment. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Welcome back. This is the second half. And I am just practicing what I preach, Nicole. Uh-huh. That's what uh-huh. I'm doing. And if you're not able to see me, because you know this is the auditory experience. I am rolling my consider consider yourself lucky. How about that? I mean, look, some people might say this is how this guy gets his wonderful hair to stand so tall. Oh. You know, this is, is this the secret? It, yes, no, it's just yeah. genetics. I think. I, I mean, and product, right? And product. It, it is product. Product does help. Uh, wicked blowout. Wicked blowout. Yeah. Look, all right. The physicality of like the ability to 
Give yourself some self-care in your workspace. Start with movement. <sighs> Do you feel so much better? Yeah, I don't, I'm like, oh man, I just, I'm, yeah, yeah, my neck is good and my shoulders are good. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I just, oh my gosh, tangent real quick, only because it is relevant. I, I started like doing this upper body strength training and I, and I, Thought, let me take it easy. I'm going to do this beginner level stuff because like. Where is this going? I need to ease into it. But sure. man, oh man, the beginner stuff was, it's kicking my bottom. Like five pound weights and like a lot of this rapid movement. And I am sore. I just noticed that with my neck rolling around. So my neck rolling around actually just eased that tension I had moving around such weights for. Why? I don't know how come I'm so. Such, I don't know what happened to me. But anyway, that being said, I'm taking care of myself okay. outside of outside. the work environment, which helps me translate that inside of the work environment. I would too. love to call that a full circle moment, but I'm not really sure I know. that's what happened I, there. Again, I was struggling. I feel I was, like that was just a humble brag that you're working out. Yeah, but five pound weights. Who's okay, humbly okay. bragging Fair about enough. five pound Fair weights? Fair enough. Yeah. Not, now, yeah, if I said yet. 50 pound weights, then that's- Different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But, you know, it is about being physical in the workspace and how can you be physical in the workspace, especially if you're tied to- <laughs> you stop saying to... physical in the workspace? You don't think that is? That's, look. I'm I'm seeing like Olivia Newton-John yes. with like her, correct. But there was obviously like an undertone to that video in that, right? I mean, that oh, in that song. Okay. Let's stop saying like, let's get physical in the workspace because that feels like a lawsuit, harassment, I'm not talking cetera. about like the movie 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton or anything. <sighs> okay. That's but Daddy so, Coleman. So like, maybe. Okay. Right. So maybe Design. let's clarify what right. we're talking about here. Please help me out. Oh, okay. So I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll be here for another half hour. I, correct. Right. So we're just talking about incorporating movement into your day, whether it's, you know, an interesting neck roll, whether it's just getting up and going for a walk, just a couple of ideas to keep yourself moving because yes, we are all living far more sedentary lives than we ever have before. Part of that is obviously due to the fact that a lot of us are working in offices or are working remotely, et cetera. So what are ways that you can do that and ensure that you have the, the opportunity for movement and physical wellness to help impact your mental wellness and your self-care throughout the, the workday? Yeah. Well, if you're time blocking, <laughs> okay, maybe you're not time blocking, but if you know that you're about to have a meeting, uh, I think by default mechanism, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I have to get up. I need to use the restroom and I've got to do this before I get ready. That, that is movement, but that is not intentional movement. So I want to be clear too that this is intentional physical movement to actually bring back your- so You're saying bio breaks don't count as movement? It, it counts as movement. Then I'm like not moving all day. Yeah. Well, right. This is where we're getting into the self-care part of it, right? This is Sheesh. where I feel like okay. you can be struggling a little bit. So it is about the self-care. So self-care, ultimately, you have to have the intent and the identification of it happening. If you're doing this on a default and like this is part of what you do, it's not really, it's mm. not really that, right? Does that make sense? I mean, it does. Okay. So if you're going to get up though and use the restroom, then incorporate for 30 seconds some stretching, right? You can just bend over, try to touch your toes. Now, don't do this in the restroom. Some of them might think you're weird. Um, maybe you can do it in the restroom. I don't know. You have your own little restroom at home. But if, if you're just standing up, you're 
getting back to the desk or you're getting up from the desk, stretch, right? Like take the actual moment. Again, breathe with intention so that you are present and that you are refocusing your mind. You're giving your mind the relaxation. This is just as much as almost if not more for your mind than it is your physical body. Okay, but I'm going to push you and say that yes. just because you don't – so I I hear what you're saying yeah. and I agree with you-ish that there is value in putting intention behind your movement, but I also think there's value in having sneaky movement as well, right? Wait, so, so we can't say let's get physical I in the workspace, but happen. we can say yes, we can say sneaky, sneaky movement. <laughs> That sounds dirty. <laughs> I think sneaky movement is fine. So sneaky movement is instead of My having relax, instead right. of having a Zoom with your manager saying, hey, can I call you on the phone instead and plugging in your headphones, your earbuds or your pods or whatever, right? And going for a walk or mm. even, you know, going for walks around your house or you know, asking, can we do a walking meeting today instead, right? And so you're walking, maybe you bring your phone with you so you can take notes in, in an app or something like that. Um, but to me, yes, I'm not taking a moment just to kind of decompress, but I know that all those little things are kind of going into my movement bank for the day, right? And that's better than doing nothing. Yeah, I really, I really like that. But I will, I will push you back. I mean, I already push got the push. It's fine. I'll push you back. Okay. But because you you said it, let's you you had the ask and you said, can we have a walking meeting? So you yes. were putting the intent there, sure. And so your intention was to physically get to doing something, right? Right. So I guess I'm just saying that like not everyone has the the liberty or the flexibility to be like, oh, I'm going to take ten minutes for myself and do deep breathing and stretch and blah blah blah. So if you don't have like the privilege or flexibility to do that within your work day. Are there some other, you know, permissions that you can ask or ways that you can kind of sneak some of that in? Because that physical movement and that reset is good for your mind. And that's that's the whole point. Like, yes, there is a physical component here that we're trying to take care of. But it's also, you know, you cannot, you physically can, but you should not sit at your desk and work, 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 work for hours straight because your productivity goes down. Yeah. The quality of your work decreases kind of the longer you go without one of those breaks. Yeah. And, and we definitely talked about this with the technology and tools episode where, again, we use things like Pomodoro, which yeah. is just a little timer that's in the, the uh, it's, it's an extension of Chrome that ultimately the method is 25 minutes of focused work five minutes off, you do that four times and then the long break is a 15 minute break, right? And so if if you're not taking those breaks, because I know we both tend to do this and, I, and here I will actually cheat the system sometimes. I'm not being sneaky at all. I'm actually robbing myself of that mental health or that, that good clarity for me because I'm like, oh, let me just, I'm just gonna get, I just mm -hmm. need to finish mm -hmm. this. It's I'm just only going to take through. me two more minutes. I'm right. not going to do this break. I'm just right. going to keep working through. Yeah. And it actually becomes an issue. And it does. Yeah. And your quality of work does go down when you do that. So. Well, and I find myself typically by like two or three, and this has been this way my entire life. This mm -hmm. is, this is also why I've had to incorporate adding the physicality into my work space because two or three o'clock, <laughs> I am I am toast. Yeah, I, I am yeah, zoned same. out. Ugh. I am. It is not even that I'm intentionally being disinterested. I have just lost 
all mental capacity at that point yeah. in the afternoon. Can I just tell you though, I think that we're hardwired that way as kids, because if you think about it, that's typically around the time that school gets out. Mm. And those are our formative years. This is totally my own silly little theory. But, but like you're not wrong. <laughs> but for Go to so conspiracy Reddit. <laughs> but for so many years of our lives, that's our cycle, right? Is that yeah. you push, push, push early in the morning, you go through the afternoon and then you're free. Right. And so, you know, you think about so many things that kind of make up your identity. A lot of those things are are things that you experienced or were really passionate or involved in when you were a kid or an adolescent. So I, I think that there is part of that there. It was always really hard for me. You know, I started off as a classroom teacher and then I transitioned into the after school tutoring space. Mm. Man, I was used to two or three o'clock and then I was like, Phew, I can relax a little bit. But guess what? When you when you work with kids for tutoring, that's all after school. So that's right. when your day really kicks into gear when you've got to really be energized is when you're seeing those kids after school. So that was always a challenge for me. And I had to always do something physical right before the kids got there so that I could kind of get the blood pumping again and get excited so they were excited about the work we were about to do. And thank goodness for children because the energy that they would bring to the table, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, they're, awesome. they're like, oh my gosh, so happy to see you. And you're like, yes, yes. Like, it was like being filled. There's that like appreciation. They were appreciating you and you're just like... I mean, look, it depends. Oh, so, okay, maybe some, they some folks are not you. excited about doing more tutoring after school. Fair but, okay. you know. Yeah, I think, I think that's really finding that space that works right and and i think again we're going to continue to tie this into like leaders and things that are out there for employees again give give employees and your team space to uh, to do this in fact if this is like a stand-up uh, a meeting or something like that like going with what nicole was saying earlier but incorporate it into the meeting like mm -hmm. take a minute or two minutes in this meeting and have a stand-up stretch if you're doing zoom calls or if you're doing again some sort of video yeah. thing hey everyone before we you got the agenda send out those agendas it's working by the way we're like so on time this is great it you know get the people to understand like we're gonna take two minutes stand up yeah breathe do some silly shakeouts like First of all, this is going to break any tensions. This is going to yes. break any ice. This is just going to like, you're all on an even playing field. And I'm sorry, if there's any executives out there that are saying like, I'm not going to stand in a room with a bunch of, you know, mergers and acquisitions or finance people or just anybody that you feel is so important. I'm going to call fooey on you because you go out and golf. Like a lot of people are out there golfing. That's the way you're burning that energy and you're making these meetings happen and occur. So in the workspace environment, you can do the same thing and just be a little silly. I 100% agree. And let me tell you, there have been so many times that I have either come directly from another meeting and I work from home, right? Or a lot of the folks that I work with are also working from home or, or working remotely. And they'll come to a meeting and say, oh, you know, so sorry, I just, you know, signed off from another meeting, et cetera. Yes, we're not hoofing it from, you know, board boardroom to boardroom or conference room to whatever space anymore. But it's still exhausting to do that mental switch mm. of like, okay, I was talking about this for the last hour and now I need to like stop that and think about what I'm going to do for this next hour in this next meeting. I cannot tell you how many times I have said, does anyone just need a bio break? Does anyone need a wiggle? Does anyone just want to turn off their camera for five minutes, you know, and eat your lunch oh, wow. while I'm talking yeah. to you, right? And every single time I have done that, I get this, you know, wave of appreciation because we don't do that. We don't give people the opportunity. And so, you know, no one has ever been like, oh, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah, they're sneaky that they try to turn off their camera <laughs> and then you can hear, oh, you didn't turn off your mic, Bob. I can hear you smacking on your uh But that's whatever. okay. Like yeah, we're yeah, humans. Yeah, right. You're allowed to eat. Like But you, you shouldn't sh- have to be sneaky about it. You shouldn't have to I'm be saying. sneaky about yeah. it. But when you give someone permission to turn off their camera so yeah, they can eat, like eat. Eat your lunch. Yeah. Your people. Just make we sure need- you're muting because there's some noises that should not be heard over Zoom. Oh my God. Okay. It happens. I know, but I'm j- you're missing my point. Okay, go for it. I'm sorry. The point is we are people. We yes. are humans. You are allowed yeah. to eat and make whatever eating noises you need to make. Yes. Take care of your body and that will help you take care of yeah. your mind. Done. Done. Well, I was just all I'm going <laughs> to add. No, I'm not going to add. I, you yeah. added enough. Nourishment. Just make sure that you're hydrate. It sounds silly. Hydrate because I think we get, we forget about adding water because you're not doing the physical part of life. You're yeah. just sitting around a lot. You still need to be hydrated. You still need to be drinking your water and didn't have snacks throughout the day. Yeah. Great. Great. Perfect. Can we now? No. Oh, if she had that type of energy and the ability to say that. Whew, what a different life I would live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, Can would you we imagine? be married though if you said no? You, I mean, would you have said no? Don't even send me in that spiral. I have, Oh my I, gosh. I would have said no. Wait, and to me? If, if I felt like I needed to. Oh, okay. Not like because you were you didn't say no. No, I wasn't like coerced into this oh, okay. marriage. Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. No, no, no. Because we're I see good. how you get coerced in other things. I know. Coercion feels a little strong, but it feels mischievous. Well or bad intention. Devious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I just I'm tender hearted. I'm what else? What else can oh we my say? Gosh. I'm empathically. And you're and you really do you are you care so much about whom you work with and how they're involved and you think about all yeah. the parties. And and again, I'm I'm many of us are like this. Most yeah, 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 yeah. people I feel like do not have negative intentions towards you, right? Or towards the person that they're saying something about. I think we have to remind ourselves that we are not, unfortunately, the star of the show all the time, mm-hmm. right? We are mm-hmm. not center stage. And so I get to take a little bit of this narcissism that I have. We all have it to a degree and remind myself that it's not about me. So that being said, when you are being told no, right? If you're asking for something, someone tells you no, it's okay. Don't take it personal. And now that's hard to say, and I'm sure you're gonna tell me that saying to yourself to not take it personal is not mentally healthy, but what would you say? So I think you bring that back around to what we were talking about earlier. Okay. And asking questions, being an active listener, and unpacking the no, right? Yeah. And this is actually not where I thought we were going with this conversation, but let's do it. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if you, so I think we're going to talk about both sides of that, right? Yes. Like when you hear no, how how do you handle that? And then how to say no. Yeah, yeah. I can hear no. I'm okay with that part. It's saying no to other people that I struggle with. But I think when you get a no, like rejection is hard. I don't think anyone like rolls around it and is like, this feels great. Right. But it is understanding to help clear your own mind of all of those stories and all of those what ifs, right? Or the why, the unknown why. Sometimes you're not going to get the answer and you got to like deal with that. 
But when you do get a no, especially from someone that you have a relationship with, I think it's perfectly acceptable to try to unpack that. So can you tell me a little bit more around Mm -hmm. what led up to that decision or what are the factors that you're thinking about or considering when you're passing on this proposal or whatever. And that can be with a client that you're trying to sell something to. That can be, you know, requesting a raise or a promotion from your boss. That can be looking, you know, to interview at a new organization. But really getting to the bottom of that can help clear a lot of things out of your own mind instead of, like I said, you kind of making up the story when you don't actually know the whole story yet. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that is so wonderful in the sense too is that it's it's not just taking no for an answer, right? We've all heard that. Yeah. Taking no for an answer and then finding out the solution for that. Yeah. It it is. I think we. I forget that. Yeah. I forget when I. Now I will tell you there are people that do like no, and that's salespeople because like you have a decision mm, that's yeah. finally said over. Right. You know, like oh my gosh, yeah. we're not in that indecisive zone anymore. Totally. So, yeah. Sometimes a no is just as good as a. A lot of times a no is just as good as a yes. Awesome. Right. Because no so good. then I know because then it's like okay, I don't have to keep like reaching out and pestering right. this person and all of that. Yeah. I can focus my attention on the people who might still get to yes. Right. So I would also say, yeah, like if you have a salesperson bugging you, like don't feel guilty about telling them no. Tell them no. Because that will make their lives yeah. easier. And strangely enough, when people come to the door, I, Nicole like will ask them questions. And then like I have to, t- I don't know why I have to be the mean guy. Like she, she can do it so well. But yeah, all that being said. So going back to what you were talking about mm-hmm. though with the unpacking of it, I think what's really cool about the unpacking is that it's, it is a skill set within yourself that when you start having that question, you're. I, this will also help you remove some of that ambiguity that you have in your brain about yeah. why the answer is no. You will actually probably find out it wasn't related to you. Yeah. And then you're going, oh wow, all right, that was that was great. Yeah. Well, and look, then you know what to do with that information, yeah. right? When you don't know the answer, you can just spiral. Trust me, I live there a lot of times, yeah. right? But when you know the answer, then you can either say, okay, that had nothing to do with me. And so I don't need to have that on my list of worries anymore. Or it had everything to do with me. And it's something that's under my control. And I can actually work on making that better for the next time this comes up. Yeah. Okay, Nicole, how do you say no, though, to somebody else? If they are saying, I need you to get this done Friday night. Okay, so let's be real. It is rarely that. That is rarely what happens. Mm, For me, at least. It's rarely that someone says, I need you to do A, B, C, all the way through Z. Yeah. That's not what happens. I hear, because I'm an empath, because, you know, responsibility is one of my top five strengths when we're talking about Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, I want to step in and help other people. That's how I operate. And if I feel like something is within my ability... I will say, I can help with that. Let me look into it. I'll figure it out. Because I also am good at just figuring stuff out. Yes. You know, I'm a master Googler. I'm like a Google ninja. Yes. Right? I can find the answer and I can find a solution. And um, you don't say no. So, and you don't, and don't allow that no. no. So you'll unpack that and find those Yeah. Things. So it's partially that I overcommit and over volunteer out of a sense of, um, you know, helping and supporting others. But I often do that to my own detriment. Yeah, I if I were to draw a caricature of Nicole and oh. what you're saying, I it would be I'd have a great big head. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> but you would have a big tray full of all these cakes. It makes me think of a children's program show that I remember watching, and this was like the chef would come out with all these pastries and like yeah. cakes. That sounds and he was great. trying to make his way down the stairs and it would just you would see that the tray would teeter and he Oh, it's would, like the cat in the hat with like the the goldfish on the head and like yeah, yeah, yeah. balancing on the the yeah. ball and the umbrella and yes, that is yeah. often what I feel like. Yeah, so you're like spinning plates and all those things, Indeed. right? We can metaphor yes. this to the end of the world. But like, okay. So I'm in a, I'm not going to give you advice because <sighs> I've learned you have to ask for permission. So this is not unsolicited advice to well, you, so Nicole. Are you open for? Are you open to feedback? That's the question. Well, I'm just going to let our audience know. So oh, okay. that way, it's not directed so, at you. But it's you could practice indirect. now. Okay. And you could say, audience, are you open to feedback? Are you open to feedback? <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard some yeses out there. Yeah. Okay. So I imagine in your world, or yeah. in the world of somebody who is also just as much as willing to say yes, because again, I, I think we often overcommit ourselves because not. We don't, we do know that we can get it done. Mm -hmm. And we also feel like if we overcommit or that we are saying yes to a lot of things, that we are going to be seen as the person that gets things done, which mm -hmm. then I'm going to be the first to be recognized for promotion because I was saying yes to everything or I was getting things done. But what happens, the majority of people, three out of five dentists, what have you, cannot efficiently complete the things that you need to get done. Or worse, you are then removing all these things that we talked about with self-care and you're putting yourself in such mental strain and such a very tizzy is not in any type way of a, a, a perfect word, but the anxiety that you have now created for yourself. Because I feel like this is self-created for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and I think the other piece, so there's the internal piece of what you create within yourself when you're not able to set boundaries and mm -hmm. say no to things, but there's also the precedent that you set within your peer group or with your supervisor or within, you know, your, your organization yeah. that you will do anything. Yeah. And while there is value in the hustle and there is mm. value in people seeing your hustle, you also walk the line of being devalued when you will just kind of do anything and step in and swoop. And especially I would say when you swoop without acknowledging the swoop, right? Like when you step in and just kind of take care of something without making it known that you've done that, you're then also undermining yourself because no one knows that there was a hole there that you were able to fill or that there was an issue that you were able to prevent becoming a problem because you just swooped in and, and did it. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of those places where it's not just about saying no or not being able to say no, but it's not always saying yes, I guess, right. or not always just stepping in yeah. in order to make things easier for everyone else. So how do you say no? And I feel like the way to say no is you have to, again, has to come from your perspective. You have to assertively step up and just say, I am not able to do this. That's a start. But the person that's hearing that's probably gonna say, well, that's too bad, I want you to do it anyway. What you need to be able to do is not only do you say no, that you're not able to, but come to the table with suggestions and alternatives to what you yeah. can turn that into a yes with. So 
I am not able to do this right now because at this moment I have X, Y, and Z on my plate, but I will be finished with this by this time frame. So at that point, if this is still a priority for you to get done, I will I will start that at that moment. So you're saying yes, but you're delaying that yes. And I think going to your point, Nicole, what you were saying is that if you create the the not just the boundary, but if you create that ability to say, I cannot do this right now, that that gap that you're normally might be saying yes to that you're trying to fill as all of a sudden now might be recognized within by that person or that organization and sure. go, oh, we've noticed now that there really is a missing yeah. need here and we should probably find a way to get that fill. It's not by one person saying yes to everything, but there's actually a, a different situation here. There's a deeper problem here. Yeah, well, and I would also offer an alternative to that that yes, you can say, I'll be able to get to that on X date. I think it's also saying, okay, so here are the things that I'm focused on right now based on our last conversation mm -hmm. or based on what the client has asked for. Which of these do you suggest I deprioritize mm. in order to insert this new item? Yeah, that's strong. That is, that's really strong. Because it creates a conversation, right? Yep. And it's not being... Um, Dismissive. Yeah, it's not being yeah. dismissive. It's it's being thoughtful about the work that you have on your plate, but it's engaging that other person in a conversation and gives you insight into how they think about things, right? Because you may have placed your own values and priorities onto a situation. I literally had a conversation yesterday where the person I was speaking with said, I had never thought about it like that. She had kind of dismissed you know, a piece of this initiative that we were working on together. And I said, well, if we think about scale, which is what we've we've all said as a priority, this is actually a really important piece. And because, you know, this is a person who is just like, she's working very closely with me to kind of get things done on this list. It took her a second to zoom back out and go, oh my gosh, you're right. This is really a big part of, of the strategy. So I think, you know, Stopping people and having the conversation is powerful. It's not always pushing back, mm -hmm. but it's inviting that person to give you insight um, and, and a better understanding of how you should be looking at it as well. And look, before we wrap this up, let's be honest with ourselves. Like this is not easy, right? It also has to be a two-way street. Yeah. If you have been in this role or you've been doing something your entire life and you've always been the yes person, that you walk in on Monday, you're now feeling motivated. You're doing all these things. You've been doing a little bit of exercising at your desk and now you're like pumped up, you're ready to go. Yeah. And you're like, hey, look, I'm not capable of doing this right now. <laughs> right, it's <laughs> like you will probably brakes. get yeah. some pushback or some yeah. weird looks on your face, but remember that's okay. And you can, if you want to blame us, you can say, I was listening to my thought partner and they gave me the ability <laughs> to feel like I could come talk to you and say, hey, this is an issue then let them listen to the podcast and maybe they'll get it too. But like ultimately just remember that change is good, right? Yeah. And change is not easy, um, but it's the repetition of doing it and setting that expectation consistently is where you will find the ability to become more at ease with yourself, right? And you'll become more peaceful. And again, check it out, I'm gonna wrap it up. Oh, go for it. Do it. Yeah, somebody say. Okay, so the only thing I wanted to say is that 
this is kind of going back to what we said in the time blocking conversation around don't don't feel like you have to do it all. Don't feel like you have to take on all of these things and implement them all at once because you won't do it well, right? Like change is hard. And so, you know, if you're going to try starting to set some better boundaries or trying to start incorporating more movement or whatever these things are for your own personal self-care, do one little thing at a time. You know, for me personally, I overcommit all the time. I overcommit and I am a pleaser in all aspects of my life. That doesn't start and stop at work. So, you know, I say yes to too many projects at work. I say yes to too many things in my personal life and my volunteer roles, right? It's just how I'm built. So for me to walk in on Monday and say, no, not doing it is like not going to happen and is also not going to make me feel good about what I'm doing. And it doesn't make me feel true to who I am. So I think just if that's helpful at all, I just wanted to share that little piece of it that, you know, be aware of who you are and yourself and try to take some of these tips a little bit at a time to incorporate into your life. Excellent. Well said. We'll catch you next week. We are, we are, we are. We are, we are. We are, we are. The youth of a generation. Oh, not it wasn't there. Youth of a nation? Yeah. Oh, dang it. Oh. What is it? That was quite a noise. It should be. It's loud. It was like a clapper, but with my hand, which. All right. I guess that is a clapper, huh? Uh, uh Uh-huh.